0: for travis overstreet and me the river is therapy it's also a place to display your badass paddling skills travis is the mandalorian of paddling and if you're up for it he can show you the way travis you're a marine corvette and you are known in the area as the most badass paddler going. <laughs> and and that, des- that definition describes anybody that can do serious Class 5 whitewater comfortably. And for those that aren't whitewater savvy, uh, explain the different classes.
1: So if you think about, you have uh, lake paddling, um, which will be a Class 0, um there's really no current there's no obstructions uh you can pretty much go anywhere you want uh class one you start adding some current in there maybe a few waves here and there um but it's pretty much straight straight ahead if you flip and swim you're not gonna get hurt everybody's gonna have fun we're all smiling as long as you're wearing your life jacket and class
0: two that's a very good point very good point
1: uh I always, I'm a class five paddler. I run waterfalls and canoes and C1s, and I wear my life jacket on flat water. Yeah. Just saying. We yep. should all wear it. Yep. And class three, uh, you're starting to increase the, the speed of the water, and you're going to have obstructions, something you have to maneuver around, whether it be uh, hydraulics or rocks or, you know strainers which is a tree stay away from those also uh but there's something you've got to go around so now you have something that if you flip you could get somewhat injured you know scrape a knee bang an elbow you know something like that now class four that's when things really do step up uh things change a lot you can add a lot of gradient to a rapid Uh, the speed definitely picks up there's uh required maneuverability Um, if you do swim, you're probably, there's a good chance that it's not going to be a good day. The swim itself could be long, but there's probably things you're going to swim through hydraulics. You're going to go into water. So the risk of getting injured does definitely kick up when you start to get to the class four, uh, class three can kind of still get hurt, but it's not that bad yet. Once you hit the class four, uh, things have changed a lot in the boating world. Uh, a lot of us creek voters will do ABCD because the the classifications don't quite give you what you need to know about a rapid. A four A, yeah, you take a swim. It, it's gonna be a little, you know, it's not gonna be the greatest thing in the world, but you're probably not gonna get seriously injured. A four D is almost a five, but you're definitely gonna get hurt. There is more than likely any time you get into the upper fours, waterfalls are class fours for the most part, even if they have a clean landing, nice pool. But a 4D, you're you're pushing getting seriously injured. You definitely need experience. And usually the people who are paddling the class fours have been paddling for the most part four to five years and sometimes multiple times during the week. Now, when you get into the Class 5 range, again, you have the ABCD, or uppers and lowers and mids. If you swim, you're going to get hurt. Probably very good chance to go to the hospital. You're going to get beat up, for sure. The swims are very long, and the maneuverability, there there are no straight lines, for the most part. Even in big water, Class 5. You've got to maneuver around hydraulics that are as big as your house. There's boulders that are size of mansions that all the water flows under. So that's when you really get into the Class 5 range. And a lot of the uh, professional kayakers, they really push the upper echelons of the Class 5 uh, to the point of most of the time when we see them on the Mountain Dew commercials or GoPro or whatever, we, uh, we're going, uh-uh. Uh uh-uh. I'll be on that trail over there on the bank, walking down. I take pictures, um, but uh, I've I definitely, you know, I've powered a few fives successfully. And nowadays, I'm 44. Uh, I still enjoy going out and hitting the fun stuff, but the class fives, yeah, I'm. I really haven't messed with those lately because I got my fix years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, that's a good thing. And I think oh, that yeah. the key to not swimming for those that. That are thinking, well, why would I do this in the first place? Is to have a role. You really need to have a a role. And that way, even if you come out of the boat in a class three, you're not going to get hurt. But you really don't want to swim either. So that's the, the key is you don't swim. The other thing you mentioned that people are going, what? Strainers? The first time I heard that, it's like, well, what's a strainer? (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, and, and the definition of an, a strainer is when you paddle through it, it's going to strain you right out of the boat. It's like you, your boat will continue. You do not. Correct. So, so uh, those are the things to avoid. Well, I've been paddling for 11 years and oh gosh, 20 years ago, I took the family to, to the new river and we would do whitewater rafting. And that's where we kind of fell in love with the sport. This is really cool. We did the golly, we did the new. And I'd see kayakers out there, and I'm thinking, you know, that looks like a lot of fun. I'd like to do it. Well, there were no yeah, there wasn't the Facebook groups and the access. Where do you go to find some place to learn how to kayak? And I thought, well, these guys at class six in West Virginia, well, I guess that's the only place you'd do it. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize there were all these wonderful rivers and creeks around here. Well, I called them. I, I said, is there anybody there that can teach me how to kayak? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. And there was a, a raft guide that was a good paddler, good kayaker. And he took me out and we, an eddy, and we learned to do paddle strokes. And I finally said, you know, I kind of like to do some rapids. Let's do some rapids, and he said, "Well, okay." And he takes me to Fayette Station, <laughs> which is a Class Four rapid. I'm yes, the very first time park. in a in a kayak, the park and play thing. It's like my son Drew. You know, when he looked at, it, he went, uh, "I'll video you, Dad. You go." <laughs> And, and I went down it and, and, and i actually got to the bottom and came out and it was like, okay, well the, then I tried it one more time and came out of the top and I got stuck in a hydraulic and I really thought I was going to, that was the closest I ever thought I'm going to die because I'd come up and it would put, suck me back down. And it, was, and it was, the moral of the story is if somebody says, well, gee, I'd like to learn how to kayak. And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll take you out on a class four rapid. That's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy shit. <laughs>
1: Yes, sir. I agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it really ruined me for a couple of years. I thought, if this is the way it is, I ain't doing this. I mean, this is this is crazy. So that's how I got started. How did you get started?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, so my father was a canoe instructor back in the late 70s, all the way up into the late 2009, 2010 time. And I was born in 76, and my father had already been paddling from like the early 70s. And at uh, age four, he threw me in the bow of the canoe with the life jacket on, and he would take me down the Maury River and balcony on the James River, and he would be doing his classes, and I'd be sitting there just listening to strokes and reading the river, and I can still remember this day. I have kids, and I, I, this is one thing that I love is get your kids out on the water, do it right, do it safe, mm-hmm. but I still have memories of... When we hit the flat water, and you'd have the little waves kind of lapping up on the bow of the canoe, and I would lay down in the hull of the boat and I would fall asleep to that. And I can still remember that to this day. You know, I was four or five, six years old. I was out with my father a lot, and I was his shadow. It was a summer, I turned six. He was doing a class, and we were going down Balcony Falls, and I had a little canoe pal that he gave me. I did the correct stroke at the correct time, but he was not ready for it. We didn't flip, but uh, we were in a 16-foot blue hole OCA. I still remember this. It was black as can be, and it was beautiful. That's when he said, that's it. You're getting a solo canoe. So that Christmas of uh, six turns seven, I walked in, and Santa Claus brought me a huge red canoe, and it was fiberglass, and it was wrapped up. And that was my solo whitewater canoe. He outfitted it, and been going out ever been,
0: since. So, you've always been in a in a canoe.
1: Actually, um, most people don't know this, but uh, I powered a kayak um, and I still power a kayak. I have a roll and um, I was pounding New River Gorge in a playboat at six foot in a kayak. So, I, majority of the time, I'm in a canoe. Um, what canoe is you have OC, which is open canoe, you have one, which is solo, and two, which is tandem. A canoe, it's open on top. And most of the time, you have some type of uh, airbags, something to displace water. So if you right. do flip, new rolls up, you, you don't have as much water in there because it's airbags or whatever. Um, a kayak, uh, which is you're sitting on your butt. You have a double buddy paddle. And your feet are inside the boat. And you have either a closed cockpit, which is more of your whitewater scene. Or you have a sit-on-top kayak, uh, which a lot of uh, recreational we use those. Most everybody can just st- plop on top and just go paddle and have a good time.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that that you had kayak. I it's not surprising because you know you're such a good boater. I would think <laughs> that you would go back and forth on occasion, but uh, you you prefer a canoe. So for a, you know somebody that wants to get into the sport and get serious with it, what do you tell them? You like a canoe better. What's harder, canoe or kayak?
1: On average, a kayak uh, is one of the easier watercraft because it, it's covered, so you're not getting water inside the boat. A roll definitely helps, and it's comfortable. You're sitting down, your feet out in front of you, and you've got two paddles. So, you know, the flat water sections, you can just kind of take a paddle on both strokes. You have a C1, which looks like a kayak, but you paddle it like a canoe, a whitewater canoe, where you're on your knees, so are your weight and strength and power is centralized in one location, and use a single blade paddle, like a canoe paddle, and you still have a spray skirt on top. Then you have a canoe, and you have tripping canoes, which is just going out on a lake and just going, you know, paddling around, having, you know, just, just enjoying the day in the flat water, which is beautiful as can be sometimes. But, but a canoe is more the difficult uh, boats to paddle. You have one blade on one side, and you can switch hands, but The You don't have anything keeping water outside out of the boat except for your airbags. You're on your knees for the most part in a whitewater canoe, and you have a lot of leverage, ton of leverage. Every stroke you do, it has to make the boat do what you need it to do.
0: The margin for error is slimmer in a canoe.
1: Yes. If you take a stroke on the right side of the kayak and you need to quickly adjust, you've got that other side and go right to it and take the right stroke, correct whatever it is. Uh, but with the canoe, you take out one stroke, and then you have to do something else—either cross draw, switch hands, or do a, a correction stroke on the same side—to fix whatever you did. Or if you did the right stroke, keep rolling with it and go into the next stroke and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with you completely, sir.
0: Well, that's why I'm in a kayak. It's yeah. easier. <laughs> it's you know, and that's the thing. I keep going back to the roll. You got to roll, which brings me to judging somebody's boat skills. And clearly you have that ability to judge. I think if you paddle for a while, you know, when somebody is capable of doing a run. And I think we've both seen people that are like, wait a minute, you're in way over your head here, man, you you shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) And whether it's class three or class four, it's, it's a huge deal. And I've always said you need to be comfortable with your ability and you need to be sure of your ability. I think we've both seen people that overestimate their abilities Mm -hmm. and it gets them in trouble.
1: I do a lot of instruction. I love to teach people. And I've always enjoyed taking somebody under my wing. Anybody can paddle. Seriously, it's all about putting the time in. And that's just like anything you do in life. You have to have the drive. You've got to find, Hey, I love boating. And trust me, it is one of the most addictive lifestyles you can ever get into. Yeah. The family. Well, you know that the boating family is like no other. I was real active with climbing and mountain biking and skiing and backpacking. And, you know, I, I had all these, you know, hardcore sports and lifestyles, but the boating <laughs> lifestyle, you really become family. And, like that beautiful picture over your shoulder at the teleco. You can go down a couple of states away and go, Hey, you know, I'm, I've got my role. I'm good on class three, four. And the, that group is going to take you in.
0: Yeah.
1: The most part people once you get that experience. They really love to share their backyard.
0: And one of the things that I noticed too, and you and I have this similar experience is that we may not agree politically at all. And yet I think it's the only activity that I know of that, that I enjoy doing where it all goes out the window and you're on the river and you don't talk politics. It's just, you're just out there having a good time and enjoying the camaraderie. That's been my experience with it.
1: On the water, nothing else exists. Yeah. You know, that a breath of fresh air. Literally.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and it, it's so nice just to be out there and, you're enjoying Mother Nature. You got that the beautiful breeze in your face. And if you get hot, you know, you can either go to the bank, get out of your boat, jump in the water. If you got to have a roll, you can flip, hang out upside down, you know, count the rocks and then roll up. So there's so much you can do with this lifestyle. And it, it's anything from just paddling on a lake and ponds to going down a thousand islands, doing the Grand Canyon to mm-hmm. doing a two hour class five run. There's so much that you can get into.
0: So Travis, we both suffered from PTSD from your time overseas as a vet and mine from losing Allison. And I have found that paddling gives me a sense of peace. It's very therapeutic. What's it done for you? I mean, do you feel that way?
1: I feel so strongly about what the water does for me with healing with my PTSD that um, as soon as the COVID calms down, I started a program to get vets out on the water. I want vets with PTSD, and the worse, the better, because I want the ones that have never experienced water and don't know how much that's the most beautiful resource we have. When I'm running a a, a 30-foot waterfall and I'm at the lip of it, I don't have time to worry about anything else. It really gets me to zone in and feel exactly where I'm at at that particular.
0: Yeah, exactly. It focuses me on the challenge. i got to maneuver. I've got to get around this thing. I've got to avoid that hole. I've got to do all of that. And it really does. The focus that it requires for a challenging run, it's great therapy.
1: It's your freedom from the everyday drum. Yeah. That's it in the nutshell. It has given me such a breath of fresh air every time I go on water.
0: I, I have people like you do. I'm sure that they see videos and people that, that have watched them go, oh my God, I can't believe you do that. And I tell them, listen, it's, and you alluded to it earlier, it's like anybody can paddle. It's like a, any other sport or endeavor that you try. Travis Overstreet didn't decide to get in a boat one day and run the Okoe or, you know, or the new river. Everybody starts On flat water, I don't care who they are. If they're running the green race, they start in a comfortable situation and then they work their way up. It's like the first day at Kibler, which is a neat little class three run that's an hour away. Something that I didn't know existed 11 years ago, uh, but I'm glad I found it. And it's it's where I taught Allison. That's where she got her first taste of of whitewater kayaking. She was was a good paddler. I just remember that the first time I ran it, it scared the shit out of me. (laughs) and now I can do it blindfolded. I suspect that you could do that with, uh, Johns Creek or Goshen at this point, not me, but (laughs) I think you probably could. What's this is a question that Barbara wanted me to ask you. What's the run that you've done that scared you the most that you were going, holy shit, what am I doing here?
1: North fork of the blackwater bottom Creek at high flow. Wow, there there's
0: <laughs> a few.
1: <laughs> the green narrows at twenty five inches.
0: Oh, you did the green narrows.
1: It's, oh I oh, I've I've run the green probably two hundred times, hundred fifty, two hundred times.
0: Oh my uh, god.
1: I've survived gorilla. I was in my boat at the bottom upright.
0: <laughs> wow! Um, For those listening that don't know what the Green Narrows is, look it up and see what it is because it is. They have a race there every first Saturday in November. They've got people coming from all over the world to do this thing. Barbara and I went. We hiked down into it to watch it one one year and <laughs> looked at it and go. These people are crazy. This is just nuts. I can't believe that. Of course, I said the same thing the first time I looked at at corner rapid at Goshen. I'm going. I can't do that. <laughs> I, I could never do that. And damned if you didn't take me down that corner rapid two years ago. <laughs> if I'd started, you know, many many years ago uh, paddling, I probably could have done the green. But um, that's way out of my pay grade at this point. I'll watch it from afar. But the green narrows are. I can't believe you've done that that many times. That's that is badass.
1: We used to day trip that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. back in my younger days.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So tell me what you're doing now. You've got a new business going and we were talking about this. Um, if you do something that you love can migrate into something where you can make a living doing it and make money doing it. And it looks like you're kind of on the cusp of that.
1: I've been a, whitewater paddling instructor and flatwater instructor for about 30 years, uh, along with climbing also. Started out teaching adults through Blue Ridge River Runners. About 20 years ago, my father started a program called GOTWA, G-O-T-W-A, Get Out There With Adventure. And we had climbing classes, we had guided climbing classes where we'd go up and We set up the rope and set up safety, and we we just belay you and provide all gear to you want to learn how to climb and tie knots and look for anchors, et cetera. And we do a lot of boating trips from guided trips, tons of classes, ACA level classes. And I've kind of gone off, and myself and Drew and my buddy Preston, we've come together and we started Roanoke Outfitting and Adventures. It's kind of been a dream of mine forever. Uh, I'm on Team Silver Birch, and I power for uh, Fall Line Canoes and Rich Spirit Outfitting. So these are all, uh, the the two guys are one-man operations providing some of the best gear I've ever used. Uh, Silver Birch Canoes, I'm on the team, and I helped design the Agent, which is a, a whitewater canoe creek boat. And my input on it was I wanted something that would run the Green River Narrows and Bottom Creek and. North Fork of the Blackwater, all these crazy, insanely steep runs and be stable. And then the normal paddler never been in a boat can jump in it and it'd be stable and forgiving for them. So we're selling whitewater canoes. We're selling sit-on-top kayaks. I'm a level four ACA instructor. Drew is a level three. Here this spring, he's taking the swift water certification and hes we're going to start doing swiftwater water rescue classes. And I do custom outfitting. We do uh, some boat repairs. And I just want to say to everyone that is thinking about getting into our lifestyle, please, by all means, take a class, Uh, take a professional class, and learn about. We were talking about the strainers earlier and hydraulics. You know, you need to know what these things are. And you can take a two day class, and you will be well informed, and you'll know what's up, if you will. Yeah. You'll get a chance to paddle all kinds of different boats and try all kinds of different gear. So before you go and spend all this money, come and take a class through
0: us. If only I'd known you were there, I could have saved myself a lot of grief and not stunted my growth as a paddler. And one day, Travis, you, you never know, I might just decide to go to the dark side and become a, a an open boater, a canoeist. <laughs> it's great talking with you. I hope that people listening to this will get excited about What I have come to find is just a wonderful sport. It's addictive. It's therapeutic. It's all that. Good to see you, Travis.
1: Awesome talking to you, sir.
0: From novice to pro, if you need boats, gear, or instruction, Travis can hook you up at Roanoke Outfitting and Adventures on the web at roa-store.com. Well, that's the story. A special acknowledgement to Mary Kennedy, Pat Bunch, and Pam Rose for allowing me to use their music from Safe in the Arms of Love, a song Allison loved. If you liked what you heard, please share my podcast with your friends. And while you're at it, why not subscribe? And I'd sure appreciate a great rating in Apple Podcasts, too. I'm Andy Parker, and I'll be here next week with another episode of The Cultural Scavenger. Thanks for listening.